0: This is Rob Stein, and welcome to the Impossible to Fail podcast. I'm a multi-business-owning entrepreneur that has cracked the code to launching careers to massive success. Over the past 20 years, I've developed a life-changing process that has allowed me to achieve a level of wealth and financial freedom that I previously thought was only possible for the select few. These principles are universal for any industry, and I've personally applied this process to transition from a teacher with a master's degree to an award-winning music composer and publisher, championship-level bodybuilder, top-producing real estate agent and team leader, and entrepreneurial coach. If you want to achieve the financial success and time freedom that you deserve, you simply need to make it Impossible to Fail. Welcome to another episode of the Impossible to Fail podcast. I'm super excited for my guest today, so I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in. My guest today is Mr. Josh Cadillac. Now, I'm really excited for Josh because I'm a real estate educator. Josh is a real estate educator. He's one of the top in the country, so I'm so excited to introduce him. Uh, He's a real estate coach. He's a national speaker. He's an author who trains real estate professionals on how to close for life. That's his new book that he's working on as well. He teaches all over the country. He is the top real estate educator in Florida, accredited. This guy has every possible designation you can think of, and his mindset is going to help you get to another level, regardless of the industry that you're in. So he's in the green room. I'm going to bring him in right now. Let's welcome Mr. Josh Cadillac. Josh, welcome. Thanks so much for being with me today, man. Hey, Rob. How you doing,
1: man? Great to be here. Thank you so
0: much. Oh, gosh. My pleasure. I've been looking forward to this because we're both in the real estate education world, and you you just take it to another level, man. So let's just dive right in. I mean, I read some of your accolades, but tell tell our listeners more about you, you know, and and just give them a picture of what it is that you do.
1: Um, What I try to do is, well... Maybe the best place to start is when I came in the in, into this industry, Yeah, I recognized pretty early on that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It's just plain, plain and simple. Like yeah. everything that they gave me license-wise, pre-license, post-license-wise, didn't prepare me for what I needed to do. And I was kind of raised by a guy that you don't do something if you don't know how to do it. You know, especially if customers are depending upon you, you gotta, yeah. you gotta figure it out. You, you gotta know what you're doing. But obviously it took a ton of education, ton of classes trying to figure that out, realized that wasn't helping a whole lot. Then I took, uh, you know, started working with people and and other agents, shadowing them, all that sort of thing, and I was kind of picking stuff up along the way. But I wound up having to circle back almost to the lessons of my father, Mm. of like the basic business concepts that are never really talked about in real estate. And so my my basic ones was I I had to get myself right. I had to take responsibility for my business because I'm the one running this business. I need to take responsibility for the standards of the business and all this kind of thing. I have the mindset going in as a boss of what am I trying to do here? Am I trying to do what most agents do? Am I trying to close deals and earn paychecks? Or am I trying to build a business? Because those two things don't always mutually align. hundred percent so, different. Yep. Yeah, it is. And so how did I build a business in all the other businesses I've run? I always build a business the same way by building up loyal customers that would never go anywhere else, but work with me. Mm-hmm. So, What was magical about real estate that made it all about earning paychecks and getting closings? When I ask agents all over the country, I ask them, I say, define closing. What is closing to you? Oh, it's getting paid, the money hitting in my account, a deal being done, the finish line. There's no finish line. (laughs) How is It It, it is a waypoint on the journey because I don't want this deal from that customer. I want every deal they're ever going to do, and I'm going to give them a product on my end that's so good they'd never think of going someplace else to replace me. Why wouldn't I? That's right. I mean, unless as an agent I have this fascination with spending money on advertising.
0: Yep. You know, I find that most agents, I agree with you, Josh, you know, and I was in San Antonio speaking about this yesterday on building a referral based business and how the vast majority of agents are missing out on their biggest referral source, which is those previous clients, you know, you, yeah. got a dentist, you got an attorney, I'm your realtor for life. I'm not just trying to get one transaction here. And so it's not just about, I think we're on the same page here and what it's not just about the results, right? It's about the experience and the value that you give to them. Cause a lot of agents can produce the same result. But when we're talking about the experience, the value, the, the commitment that your client feels to you to stay with you and not that they're obligated, they're excited to do it. That's what you do. That's what we do together. That's 100% the huge divide that exists
1: because closing a customer for life, the person that wants that more than you do as the agent is the customer themselves. Mm -hmm. Nobody is sitting around thinking to themselves, you know what? I got nothing to do. Why don't I interview realtors? That That would be be a fun use of my time." That is so good, man. Yeah. And so like, I'm truly giving the customer what they want, but that's the second thing we get wrong. The first thing we get wrong is us. And like that, we have to run our business and set the standard. The second thing we get wrong is the customer. Yeah. In real estate is not, and, and oh man, this up a wall. It drives me up a wall. Everything is all about how we kind of coerce the customer into wanting to work with. How we build rapport. Yeah, man. If I hear rapport one more time, I mean, look. It's not that it's not important. Yeah, but it's not that the customer is sitting around on Friday evening with a big bowl of popcorn in their lap, watching Netflix, thinking, you know what? I'm lonely. You know what I need? A real estate agent. That would fix <laughs> that it. That would be the thing. <laughs> that that's that's that would scratch the itch, right? Yep. That's not what the headspace is. <laughs> What's the headspace? There is one consistent thing that every real estate customer I've ever had always brings to me. And that's a real estate problem. Yeah. They all have a real estate problem. So I don't start with building rapport. Rapport is important, but it is an also ran. It is less important than the establishing that I know and I understand why this customer is coming to me and that I can fix the thing that they have. So I start. My beginning point is you got a real estate problem. I am the best suited person you've ever met to solving real estate problems. Real estate.
0: Man, that is beautiful, Josh. And you know, you are 100% right. And you know, a lot of our listeners are involved in real estate. A lot of them are involved in any industry. You know, my impossible to fail framework is based on the fact that launching a business in any industry can be done on the same principles. And you're hitting on one of those principles right now. And that is that money is exchanged when problems are solved. Regardless of your industry, and especially in real estate, I mean, our customers and clients, they have significant problems and we're in charge of handling their biggest financial transaction of their life. But they all come with a problem and regardless of what their situation is, they're buying or selling, again, any industry, they have a problem that we need to solve it. And so it's not about the money and the price and the logistics of the house, it's what is your situation? How can I customize this experience to get you the results that you need to solve your problem. You need to be their problem solver. And that uh, it sounds like is is your framework to to get to close them for life.
1: Well, I mean, if I'm coming with one of the big things, one of the big words I love to use is the word empathy Mm. and and to be a good agent, to be, to be good in any industry, you really need to have empathy of what is it like to be the customer? Mm. So the customer is coming to you. Their main motivation, if you look at all the NAR studies, they're all fear-based. Yeah. The customer's afraid of the contract. They're afraid of, you know, a, the negotiation. There's a ton of stuff that they're afraid of. So if they're coming to me, do they have a reason to be afraid? Yeah, there's a lot of ways to screw up a real estate deal. If you don't believe me, just try being in real estate for a year. You'll, you'll find 50 different you <laughs> You'll to, make right? those mistakes, yeah. But there's ways they could go sideways that you did not even know sideways was possible, right? I mean, I had one set of customers. My my, my broker is out showing the properties. I'm on the backside coordinating the the, 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 the showings. Yeah. Somebody jumped out of the building that they were on and committed suicide while they're in the building. Yeah, so my broker calls me up and hey, come get o- come over here with the car, come grab the customers because I don't want them to get tied up with the cops having to. It gets one better. The cu- the guy that jumped out of the building landed on my broker's car and totaled the car. You can't, can't up, you can't make this stuff up, man. You can't make this stuff up. Yeah.
0: For the people that are not watching the video and they're just listening, I mean, my jaw is hitting the ground right now. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, but real estate in you're in it long enough, and and a lot of business owners are gonna have are gonna have those kind of stories. You had to flex it. You had to flex at that moment. That's it. You yeah. have to adapt. I mean, I, I was just I, as I, I mentioned to
1: you earlier, I was just in a coaching session with somebody who was talking about not making excuses. I I had to go to a a thing in, in Chattanooga um to, to go speak the other day, and I made it to Atlanta because yep. that's where all Delta flights go. Right. And I made it to Atlanta and I'm sitting there, getting ready to get on my next flight and they cancel the flight. And you know, what are you gonna do? So he's, well, you know, they, they cancel the flight. It's beyond your control. It's one o'clock, almost one o'clock in the morning. I went and I found a place that was would give me a car. And I drove to Chattanooga. Yeah, I got four hours sleep, but I showed up. Yeah, you do. I don't give it takes. options and excuse. You do what it takes. The option is not, there is never an option to not do what I said I'm going to do. That's absolutely I, it, right. I'm going to move hell and high water, but it gets done because that's the standards. Again, that CEO mindset. I have standards for my company. I do what I say I'm going to do. That's a standard. Everything gets run through that filter. That's if right. you're not taking that CEO role seriously of your business, you're running a business as an employee, and not as a CEO, you're not building, look, maybe the easiest way I could, I could, and I describe this in my classes most of the time, if I do a transaction with somebody and I get it to the promised land and I close that deal and I get paid a commission and that customer would work with any other agent again, that is called failure in my business.
0: Man, that is so good, Josh. That is so so freaking good. I mean, listeners out there just just I mean, what, what, what he's talking about there is that if you get the deal to the finish line and that's the only thing you do with that person, you've just you failed. You've wasted time because you are not committing to help them as agents and as business owners. So many people, uh, uh, Josh, I'm sure you'll agree. You know, w- w- one of the biggest fears I find in newer business owners is they're afraid they're going to sound pushy. Or salesy, and I have to remind them: you're offering to help people. You're not selling yeah. anything. You're offering to help them solve a huge problem. And in this instance, you're saying you need to help them help them forever. Now, you brought up a great point, and in our pre-podcast call, you talked very passionately about standards of excellence. And you keep using this word standard, and I am on the same page with you. You know, I I do something one way, and that is to the absolute best of my ability, excellence all around in everything, not just work in life, to my wife, to my child, to my commitment, the way I run my family, and the way I run my business. Now, that story of you getting getting in the car to do whatever it takes, that is 100% it, what it takes to be successful. And, and I think that also leads to accountability because so yeah. many people, you know, that same person that you're talking about was probably very successful in their, their J O B. Now, a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they're, they they do not start as entrepreneurs. They come to entrepreneurship after being in the public workforce and they realize I want something more. This is not enough. And they might be really, really good at that job where someone else is holding them accountable. Someone else sets those standards for them. But now as an entrepreneur, you are your own boss. You must hold yourself accountable. And that's where so many people struggle. But that's why you've reached the point where you're at, because you were willing to get in the car and drive across state lines and flex and keep that momentum going. So talk about, you know, how did you develop your standards of excellence? Because I know that your, uh, your father was very influential in that as well. So talk about how did you develop those standards of excellence that you have?
1: Well, I mean, there, there's a, there's a few different things. Um, one, my dad was definitely a big influence on me. My father was born in 1930. And so he definitely had that, that depression era mindset. I mean, I, I clearly, I, I've said this many times. I clearly remember him telling me, son, I don't care if you grow up to be a floor sweeper, you just be the best damn floor sweeper yeah. there is.
0: Yeah. People because in that generation, sweep- nothing, nothing is owed to you. No, if you want something you have to earn it. You will not be given anything.
1: And and there's one of the things that he told me, and and I I always love this, is there's honor in all work. All work deserves to be done well. And so if it was sweeping a floor, my father wound up getting drafted into the army in, in Korea. And so now my father's a very patriotic guy. I mean, very much so. Uh, but at the same time, the army was not the right place for somebody like my dad, because my dad was an efficiency guy, and there's all kinds of things that just drove absolutely drove him up. Like we have this form, we have 12 copies of this form. Why? I have no idea, but one goes here, one goes there, and nobody knows why, right? It's just it's just a thing. So he used to drive him up a wall. And so we wound up getting sent at the Sandillo base in the middle of New Mexico in the nuclear weapons program. They gave him this mailroom that he was responsible for. It was the only guy, and it was his mailroom. He didn't want to be there. His father had just passed away. The business that he's running is falling apart. All kinds of reasons to not be into what he's doing. He won commendation after commendation after commendation for his mailroom, because you know what? It was his mailroom. Yeah,
0: took ownership. It's his life.
1: Whose life is it? Like everything you do, you have a brand new blank, beautiful page in front of you every single day in which you write the history of your life. What, what are you doing? What is it? What kind of a life are you living? Are you living? Because my father's generation, they went to work every day and they were proud of the work that they did. Yeah. Depending no matter who they work for, whatever. My father could look himself in the mirror and know that that's his mailroom. Period. End of story. And there's a value and a beauty to that. I remember my father telling me, you know, you pick up trash. You know what? The guy that picks up trash, there's honor in that work. And if you do it well, I'll respect you. And I remember walking out of attorney's offices and being like, my father's saying, that guy up there is a lazy bum. You see that guy at the desk over there doing security? That guy's a hustler, yep. right? Yep. Honor in all work. And so that's a different way of looking at it. It's a different, you know, it's not about the, the pay, how much you earn. It's a quality of the product you turn in with the life and the life force you have.
0: Absolutely. And And that's that's that's, applicable, again, to any industry. And I think in in today's society, um, it is, especially because of social media, it's about glitz and glamour and money and the impression that the public sees. But realistically, what matters most is you looking in the mirror at the end of the day because you can't lie to yourself. You can't lie to yourself. And, you know, one of my, I have very few hot buttons. I'm generally a pretty happy guy, but man, victim mentality makes me want to Hulk smash and flip tables right away. And I believe we're on the same page there because so many people feel, again, especially today that they're owed something or that if they're not getting what they want, it's someone else's fault and they place blame. But really, we're saying the same thing and just taking two different roads to get there. And and it's about you don't have what you want. it's, It's your fault. What standards of excellence are you holding for yourself? Are you having that CEO, as you say, mentality? Because it's all ultimately up to you. Whatever it is that you're doing, you must have the commitment to excellence to get it done at the highest possible level you're capable of. Look, if you pull
1: the excuses off the table, if you pull them off the table, the only options left to you are how you're going to get it done. Yeah. Like if the if not do if not getting done. Is no longer an option. All you're left with is how are you going to get it done? And so, to me, one of the questions I wind up beating a dead horse with a lot of times with students when I'm coaching them is, "What are you going to do about it?" Because I don't care what life served up. What are you going to do about it? Here's the standards you set for yourself; they have to get accomplished. So, how are you going to how are you going to adapt, pivot, flex, as you said? How are you going to flex to get that done? Because that is what look. It's more than even that. When you do that stuff, it defines you to you, right? You start to recognize yourself as the kind of person wow. that gets done what they say they're going to do. Yeah. And so I can look myself in the mirror as I'm writing, writing my book right now. I was till one in the morning last night working on that. Cause again, another commitment I've got, I got to get it done. That's right. right. And so I started making a list of the standards that I have for my business. And I thought I'd have like three or four, you know, like the standards that I kind of run my life and my business by. And I got a list of like 20 some odd things that like, these are hills that I will die on. These are hills. These are the things that I will, I will, I will hold this line. Yeah. And I won't back off from, because I've learned that the value of this, that, that comes when I look in the mirror is such a worthwhile reward. You know, this is who I am. And this is how I define me. And this is when, when they're standing over the box that I'm in. I want them to say that about me. Yeah. I want them to look at that and say, that's a guy right there that if he said it, he did it.
0: Yeah, Those standards, man, Ed Milet talks about that. Big Ed Milet fan, I'm sure you are too. He talks all the time about living up to your standards and that goals and standards are two different things. And I think the standards help define the goals. I wanna circle back real quick to something you said about you you define you to yourself. Mm -hmm. Let's expand on that a moment because I think that runs in parallel with part of my teaching, which is at the beginning at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. Now, this is chapter three in my book, and it always raises some eyebrows when I say this, is that mindset doesn't matter at the beginning. Because in the beginning, the beginning entrepreneurial mindset is rooted in fear. And at that point, your mindset is actually hurting you more than it's helping you. Now, I believe that the results that you get are what is responsible for shaping your mindset. You and I can talk to people about the importance of relentless consistency and doing what you say you're gonna do and setting these standards and taking massive action, but until they actually do it, it's just a concept which you can't really grasp. We can talk about how beautiful the Grand Canyon is, but until you actually go and see it, you can't really understand it. So with with what you're saying is you, you learn who you are once you start defining yourself based on your actions. Yep. And I believe the same that once you actually commit to those actions and achieve the results that you're setting out to, that is when you actually literally have new formations of pathways in your brain that now understands this concept. And I think success is the most addictive drug out there. And that is what will actually shape your mindset. And what, the way you said it, you define yourself to yourself. Expand on that just a little more, please. Well, I want to answer that question. What kind of a guy am I?
1: Who is this? Who is this that I'm dealing with? Because as the CEO of my business, I'm also functioning as the st- in real estate. I function as a staff as my business as well. So I gotta ask myself the question: what kind of a guy is this? What can I get out of this guy? Yeah. Right. And so for me, when when we talk about this, you almost have to get to the place where in the military they say embrace the suck, mm. where you almost have to look at those times when you're up against it. And you have to sit there and say, you know what, right now is when I'm gonna earn it. Because right now I'm going to do what 99 out of 100 other people won't do. Because when I'm done with that, I define myself as the, t- I can, I've proved to myself by my actions that I'm the kind of guy that's still standing when everybody else is at home in bed. Yeah. Right? And and so though, the actual, as you're saying, the practice of actually doing it shows us, because look, you were in the military, yes? I was not. No? Okay. My dad was in the military. He used mm-hmm. to tell me all these guys would come in right? And they'd be, oh, I can't run. I can't, I can't, I can't. Guess what in the military they do? They teach you, you can. Yep. And when you leave, you know, you're the kind of guy that if I got to run 10 miles, I can look myself in the mirror and know I'm the kind of guy that can run 10 miles. Yeah. Crazy thing, that Chattanooga story, right? I wound up stuck in a, on a one-way car rental, I'm sorry. I wanted to get a one-way car rental because I had a flight coming back. It was going to be nice and easy. Right. Nobody would give me a one-way car rental, so I not only had to drive from Atlanta to Chattanooga, I had to now drive back <laughs> on the other side. Wow. Yeah, to make my flight. So now I got four hours of sleep because I had to get up early enough to make sure to call the education director and see if I needed to go drive to Walmart to make sure that I had a dress shirt and pants because I'm wearing my clothes from yesterday. I don't even have a. I don't have a suitcase. Right. right? I have nothing, but I have standards. For the kind of thing that i show up i show up and i'm dressed the way i'm supposed to be to teach she told me hey look here we're cool don't worry about it. but i was up at 7 a.m to make sure i could go get clothes and get there on time if i had to because again standards man talk I about
0: standards afford- of excellence man talk about
1: commitment That's it, it's just it, I, you know what i don't even think about it because it's just what i had to do this is the way i run my business i i'm not something special it's just how i'm running my business i yeah. didn't give myself the employee didn't have the options the, the ceo laid out you gotta do this this is the way we do it i have to now implement that's it
0: yeah. Just keep it simple love it love it now josh let's take a, a quick quick turn here because we have we have a little bit of time left and you have a really unique skill set in the real estate space i want to make sure our listeners can check out now you are really into the crypto space in real estate. And that is something that I get tons of question on. Uh, we see big real estate influencers like Ryan Serhant talking a lot about, you know, the, the crypto and real estate. I have clients asking me, Rob, do you think I'm going to be able to, to sell or buy my house with crypto? And you're very uniquely qualified to talk about this concept. So I want to take a change of direction here and ask you a couple questions about where do you think crypto and real estate are coinciding right now? And where do you see it going in the future?
1: I think that it's an idea that has a lot of legs um, in general. Right now, the, the coinciding has cooled some by virtue of the value of crypto falling the way that it is. And real estate prices going the other direction. Real right. estate prices have gone up. Crypto has gone down. Right. So the the appetite for um, liquidating a crypto position to co- go into real estate has diminished. Mm. But the options to take and borrow against crypto for the purpose of purchasing real estate have gotten to be more, there are more options coming out to do that. Um, so leveraging your crypto to buy real estate, I think is an idea that has tremendous value, especially for folks that have built wealth in crypto. The problem with crypto wealth in general is, I don't wanna use the word laundered, but there's just so few things that you could do with it other than sit there and watch it in your account and swap it for other crypto, but right. otherwise you're kind of stuck. Whereas with real estate, I can borrow against it. I can use it to go do this, that, or the other thing. We have a lot more flexibility with real estate. If I can borrow against my crypto, position if I can use that as uh, equity or as surety for a loan well now I buy real estate with that I am in the mainstream Mm. of investment I have all kinds of options that open up to me plus my crypto doesn't give me cash flow I can use my I can leverage my crypto to buy real estate so if I believe in crypto long term I want to have a bunch of Bitcoin sitting there because I think 18000 or wherever it is today is a low valuation. Mm. I buy a bunch of that instead of buying the real estate. I take a mortgage out against the crypto to buy my real estate. And now I have an income producing property that's giving me in income that I can show my, my taxes that allows me to now to qualify for a mortgage for a primary residence or whatever else I need. I like that very much. Interesting. So um, there
0: are lenders out there that are lending with crypto as the collateral. 100% LTV loans. 100% LTV loan. So for, for listeners that might not know what that means, that means loan to value, loan to value mm-hmm. ratio. So for example, when you buy a house, uh, you're putting, let's say 10% down, they're, you're going to have 90% LTV, loan to value, right? So you're saying there are lenders out there that are, because I haven't I have experienced this locally here in Austin, there are lenders out there that are going to lend 100% against your crypto. There's a company called Milo
1: right now that they will lend you 100% LTV, you will pledge 100% of the purchase price of the home in crypto. They will put that in escrow and they will lend you 100% LTV to buy the home at interest rates that are slightly above the rates that we're getting for traditional mortgage. Now, for them, it's a very secure loan. They're 200% collateralized. They have 100% of the value of the property in crypto and they have the first lien position on the property. So they're in yeah. good shape. Yeah. It's not It's not a risky, I mean, I know people, I start to mention 100% LTV and they're like, subprime, the world is going to end. It's not it's actually a very, honestly, I almost think the loan's a little piggish. Um, I, I think there'll be people that'll come in eventually, I mean, especially when crypto starts to, to settle down mm. um, as far as the volatility goes, much like the internet stocks in the early days, there was tremendous volatility. I remember the 40, 50 point swings in eBay and Amazon. Mm. Um, you know, Those those folks have become the, the general electrics of our day now, right? I mean, right. They're, those are the, the slow, steady performers that people are adding to their portfolios. So um, I think that as those products come out, and as a secondary market develops to buy this paper, uh, these, these debt positions, so that these these milos of the world can re collateralize mm-hmm. that that system becomes more um, uh, put in place, more established. I think you're going to see more and more of these products. I mean, for me, the sexy thing is tokenization when it comes to blockchain and 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 all that. I, I think that makes. Huge opportunities exist that otherwise wouldn't. It really takes that syndication model, which is the model where um, where money is raised yeah. uh, to to buy big real estate projects, and it makes that much more democratized. Now, um, much smaller investors can get involved. Um, and we can even theoretically get that to- those token values down to the point where that cost threshold to enter real estate goes away. Yeah. That has always been one of the big knocks with real estate is I need, you know, a, even a small, I mean, we need, what, 30, 40,000 bucks to really get started in real estate. Well, for most people, that's a big ask. Yeah. Um, that goes away. And so for me, that's, I teach investment. My first book, The Roadmap, The American Dream, was all about how money works because when I went back to college in my 30s to see what I missed, The one thing they didn't teach me anything about is how money works in the greatest economy, and country in the world for building wealth and making money. There was nothing in there at all about how the system works. So I realized that was a hole. And so I teach this in schools. I volunteer at high schools and I go and I talk about this and they'll give me. A $25 gift card to hand out to the person that asked the best questions. Mm. And a little piece of my soul dies. Because I'm sitting there telling people, hey, you gotta under consume, you gotta allocate as much money to invest as you can. Yeah. And now they're giving me another way for people to spend money. <laughs> well, how cool, <laughs> how cool would it be if that was a $25 token mm. representing $25 worth of ownership in an in in an income-producing asset yeah. that's Rec- that's that's uh, experiencing appreciation. That's throwing off cash flow. Man, wh- how how to transition this world where the poor in this country, when they interview them, the number one tool they use for investment today, when they ask them, is lottery tickets. Wow. How do we? Tr- yeah. Wow. And so that is what keeps the poor poor. Yep. So if we can democratize the these big projects through smart contracts and make the reporting and all that not so onerous when you have, you know, instead of five partners, you have 5,000 partners. If we can make that simple and we can get that token, that token threshold down low enough, man, it really does have a way of, of allowing those folks in the bottom to experience the benefits of delayed gratification. Mm. That investment really is that, that to me, yeah, is something I'm, I'm pretty passionate about yeah, as well. You
0: can, you can hear that. And that is absolutely incredible content because, I mean, Josh, you're definitely on the forefront. You're one of the top names on the forefront right now of how crypto and real estate come together. So for listeners out there, you might have some crypto sitting there. You're wondering what to do with it. Listen to Josh's advice. Check out Milo. That's the name of the company you said, right, right Josh? They're going to loan. I mean, it's be, you've, you're literally sitting on nothing right now, really for all intents and purposes. Utilize it to get that income-producing asset. Utilize your leverage. Someone else is going to be paying your mortgage while that asset appreciates 10, 20, 30 years down the road. Absolutely incredible content from Josh Cadillac today. Josh, before we wrap up and give you an opportunity to tell people how to engage with you, uh, my impossible to fail blueprint, as the listeners know, is all about giving people a blueprint. Actionable items that they can implement right away to make a significant impact in their business obviously as someone that follows the same guidelines and is a master educator as well i know you're going to give us some gold so so josh if the listeners of this podcast were to go away today you were to give them one piece of advice that they can implement today practically to start achieving more success what would that be
1: um Increase your product knowledge, and and simply put, that's a very nebulous thing. Let me tell you what I usually suggest to people to do. Download a business news app, not a political app, not a news app, a business news app to your phone, and don't open it. Turn the push notifications on, and when you see a story that involves wages, a story that involves inflation, a story that involves unemployment, a story that involves any of the major gross domestic product, any of those things click on it and read the article. And then ask yourself one question. If you're in real estate, ask yourself, how does this affect my product? Will it make my, how does it affect the two things that make a market, the supply and the demand? It's really not crazy. I mean, all these classes that I teach on all these big topics like inflation and how real estate works, it's all comes from answering that simple question. These pressures are being applied to my product How does it affect it? Because if you can do that, you can now speak in an intelligent way to somebody that we agree the customer is afraid. If you come in with confidence and great data, and if you can do that last little thing, which is let the customer know that you will always tell them what the best thing for them to do is, regardless of if it's the best thing for you, if they buy into the fact that you'll give them the straight story and you know what the hell you're talking
0: about, the one thing they're not looking for is another agent. Love it. Josh, that is absolutely fantastic information. And make sure you apply what Josh said. So many people will take in information and not implement it. And if you're not implementing knowledge, it's a, it's a dusty book on a shelf. What's the point of even having it? Josh's insight is gold, regardless of your industry, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurial journey. That is gold, pure gold. Download it, follow his instructions to the T. Don't reinvent the wheel. If you want to rewind this video, rewind this podcast, listen to it again, take notes, do exactly what he says, and you can start learning the way he has. That's excellent. Josh, how can our listeners engage with you?
1: Um, well, there's, there's a couple of ways. Uh, Instagram, Josh D Cadillac. My podcast is uh, the know your shit podcast with Josh Cadillac. And you can always just email me Josh at joshcadillac.com. I'm on all the social media sites at Joshua Cadillac. So other than Instagram, where it's Josh D Cadillac, that's pretty much where you can find me. I have the roadmap, to the American dream out, which is on Amazon. And I yep. just got the, the new contract to write the new book, which is going to be cl- called Close for life. How to stop closing deals. Thank you. Yeah. And was, that was, that was yesterday that we got that sign. Wow. So that was, big news. <laughs> yeah, man. Lucky well, that's me, the why, first one to hear about it. That's, that's why I, one o'clock in the morning, I was in my office banging out because yeah. I, even though I had a class in the morning, you make a commitment to something. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll give you this, this last little thing because this yeah, is one of the please. life goals that I, I, I really, uh, the standards that I have that I think is really one that I really try to aspire to, which is I want to be so consistent that the people that matter to me, can absolutely take me for granted. If they wow. give it to me, they know it's done. When people say that about me, like, hey, look, I gave it to Josh and I stopped worrying about it. That to me is like, yeah, man, that's yep. the kind of, that's what I want to turn in.
0: Yep. Man, if, if you get to that point in your business and in life, you are 100% doing something right. That's absolutely right. Now, if you're listening to this, you didn't see the video, and you're wondering, oh, man, I'm in the car, but I missed that great info from Josh, we got you covered because all of these podcasts are on my YouTube channel. So simply go to youtube.robstein.com again, youtube.robstein.com. You're going to be forwarded because we're going to put all of Josh's links to his social media, his email, his podcast, his book. They're all going to go on that YouTube video right in the description. So youtube.robstein.com. Check out the video to make sure you can engage with Josh. If you weren't able to catch that, Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been absolute gold. We're going to have you on again soon. I feel like you and I could, we could talk all day. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely Rob. this was a lot of fun. And yeah, I forgot to mention, but CloseforLife.com is my website. That's the that's the other place that's there. But Rob, thank you so much for for having me on and and for giving me
0: the time. Josh, absolutely. It's been my pleasure. We'll look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for listening. Thank you.